everyone to uh, Dafyomi one week at a time. Uh, we are starting Masechet Chagiga. Uh, so happy to have everyone with us today. Um, before we start, uh, there's a, a something uh, Web Yeshiva wanted me to um, announce that they are having a program um, that you can order Mishloach Manot. Uh, and send it to any uh, friends or family uh, here in Israel, actually. And um, I'm going to add over here in the chat box um, a link um, um, if you want to send uh, Mishloach Manot to friends, family, teachers here in Israel. Uh, and it's a way to support Web Yeshiva. Uh, I think that there's a, a, a way uh, when you put in a certain code, um, some of the proceeds go towards Web Yeshiva to help them uh, in terms of their free courses and things like that. So uh, also it's exciting. Today's actually uh, Purim Katan, um, meaning today's Adar Aleph. Uh, if today would it, wouldn't have been a leap year, it would have been Purim. Uh, but since today, and those of you who have learned uh, Masechet Megillah, know that when there's a leap year, we actually celebrate Purim in Adar Bet. Uh, but today is um, what's called Purim Katan, which is a minor Purim. Uh, and um, just wishing everyone a uh, happy Purim Katan. Um, okay, let's talk about Masechet Chagiga. Um, today Yes. You are you are making the assumption that if I wanted to do that, I my technology is so so under I can't send money. I can't do anything. So talk to your boss and tell him to have an alternative way. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Feel free, Lizette, feel free to email me and I'll see if we can figure something out. Uh, I'm happy to help you. Um, excellent. Thank you so much. Um, so today is our first class for Masachet Chagiga. We are going to be reviewing Daf uh, 2 till 6. Again, uh, if anybody is new uh, to learning, uh, to learning uh, the Talmud, uh, you should know that the, the Daf starts, right, the first page is actually uh, Daf Bet, meaning page 2. Uh, there are many explanations as to um, why that is. Um, you know, some say it's uh, because it's as if there's no beginning and no end. Uh, it's as if you already started, so you're already on page two. Uh, another explanation uh, somebody said beautifully is that page one is what's called derech eretz. Right? First, we are kind to others, uh, and that's page one. Uh, page two is, you know, what's written in the in the Talmud. So uh, that's, a, I think, a beautiful idea. Uh, it says in Ethics of Our Fathers in Pirkei Avot, right? Derech Eretz Kadma LeTorah. First, we um, are upright citizens. We take care of each other, and then we learn Torah. Uh, so that is something um, that we can one can see. Uh, if you say that that is where page one is. Um, just an introduction to Masachet Chagiga. Uh, you can see on this slide that is was beautifully made by Web Yeshiva. Um, you can see a picture of the, the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, uh, and the, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. Um, Masachet Chagiga speaks about um, the mitzvah what is, that's called Aliyah La Regel, which literally means to go up 
on the festival, on the regel, on the festival. Um, there is a commandment we're going to see in the first Mishnah uh, that every man is commanded to go up to Jerusalem, to the temple, three times a year. Um, and uh, when you go up to the temple, um, you should not come empty-handed. Uh, and our Gemara is going to discuss the different sacrifices that one brings uh, when going to the temple um, on those three times a year on the uh, on the festivals. Um, so just to give you an overview, and then we'll read the Mishnah um, in the Gemara, but um, there are three uh, sacrifices that we are going to be discussing. Um, the first one is called um, Olat Hari'iya, which really means Ola is the uh, burnt offering. Ri'iya uh, means uh, to literally means to see, uh, and therefore uh, the Mishnah is going to explain that when we go to see the temple, we bring this sacrifice. Right, it's literally the burnt offering of seeing, right, of of seeing the temple. Uh, and again, a burnt offering and an ola is a sacrifice that is completely burnt, uh, meaning the entire animal uh, is sacrificed. Nobody eats from it. It is all for God. That's an ola, uh, a burnt offering. Um, the the other uh, korban that we're going to discuss is called shlamei chagiga. A shlamim is a, um, uh, here it says in English, a peace offering, but uh, the, the idea is it's a, a sacrifice that some of the parts of the animal go on the altar, meaning for God, uh, some go to the, the kohanim, the priests, and a lot of the meat goes to the person who brought the, the offering. Uh, and this is a way of having meat uh, on the festival. Uh, and it's it's interesting that we think about having meat nowadays as part of our festival. Um, this was a way to um, bring it as a sacrifice, meaning you bring part of the animal for God and you share it, right? Basically, we're sharing, right? Part goes to God, to the priest, and to the person who brings the animal as well. Um, and it's called Shlamei Chagiga, again, because it's a Chag, it's a holiday, a festival. Uh, and this was a part of the, the, the festival meal. Uh, and this uh, sacrifice is what gives the, the Masechet its name, right? Masechet Chagiga is because of this sacrifice, the, the Shlamei Chagiga. Um, the, third, um, the third sacrifice is called Shlamei Simcha. Uh, and this is also a shlamim, right? A peace offering. Again, this idea that you're also eating from it, and it brings simcha, right? It brings happiness or joy to the people eating it. Again, this was brought so that um, the 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 family or whoever's coming up to Jerusalem will have meat to eat during the festival. Um, so those are the three sacrifices, and we're going to talk more about them um, as we uh, progress in our Masechet. Um, so let's go to Daf 2. Uh, the Mishnah begins, or the Gemara, uh, the entire Masechet begins. The first Mishnah tells us that everyone needs to go to Jerusalem three times a year. And now we're going to have, right again, uh, in, in beautiful Talmudic fashion, we're going to have a general statement, right? Everybody needs to go, except. Uh, and now we're going to go through the exceptions. Who does not need to go to Jerusalem? Again, I remind you, um, these are the days before. 
public transportation, cars, trains, right? Anybody um, who is going is going to need to travel uh, either a short or a great distance, uh, and it's not easy, right? So um, anybody, basically, we're going to see that anybody with uh, a difficulty uh, to travel will likely not go to Jerusalem. Um, so here, so here we go. The Mishnah tells us who does not have to go. Um, a cheresh, cheresh means a deaf mute, meaning someone who cannot hear and cannot speak. We're going to talk more about this in the Gemara. A shoteh, somebody who is um, insane, right, not in their right mind. And a katan, a minor. Um, these three, uh, three people are generally um, categorized together. This is one category. Uh, and the way we define this category is people who do not have, um, I guess what we'll say, in, in Hebrew we say da'at, right? So that means intellect, knowledge, right? They, they don't have the mental capacity uh, like a regular um, adult. Uh, so cheresh shoteva katan, again, the deaf mute, uh, the, the person who is insane, and the minor, they do not have enough, um, um, again, uh, intellect or understanding in order to uh, do this, fulfill this mitzvah, and therefore they do not have to go. Um, next is uh, another group, uh, which is Tumtum and Androgonus. Uh, this is um, uh, androgynous and hermaphrodite, meaning uh, two people who, right, people with um, non-specific gender, right, either having both uh, both genders or uh, or neither, right? Non um, differentiated uh, uh, sexual organs, uh, and therefore, and we'll see that the 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 Torah tells us that every male needs to go up. And since these two types of people are not necessarily male, uh, therefore they are um, they are exempt. Uh, we'll talk more about it in the Mishnah in the Gemara. Um, Women and slaves, uh, they are right. Also, are not obligated. This is a different, uh, a different category. This category, right? Women and slaves. Uh, that category is really about not having your your own time, right? Again, uh, women are. Uh, definitely in the time of the Mishnah and the Gemara are taking care of the home, taking care of the children, taking care of their husbands. Uh, they are don't necessarily have enough time uh, to take off a week to go to Jerusalem, uh, and therefore they are exempt. Um, next, the Mishnah continues, someone who is lame, meaning they physically cannot walk to Jerusalem, someone who is blind. Again, the, the Gemara is going to discuss why each one of these people uh, is exempt. Um, someone who is sick, uh, someone who is old, and again, someone who physically cannot walk up to Jerusalem. Um, the Gemara asks, what does it mean a minor? Right? Again, normally we think of a minor as below 12 or 13, based on right, uh, either boy or a girl. Um, here it seems it's much younger, and it says that um, either it's a child who can't sit on their father's shoulder, or it's a child who can't hold their father's hand and walk up. Uh, but if they are old enough to sit on their father's shoulder or walk while holding hands, then you should bring your child um, up to Jerusalem. Um, and then at the end of the Mishnah, 
uh, um, discusses uh, a machloket between uh, Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai on how much you need to spend on each sacrifice. Uh, here we're going to focus on the two the first two that I mentioned, the Olat Re'iyah and the Chagiga. So Beit Shammai says you need to spend more money on the Olat Re'iyah, uh, on the burnt offering, uh, as opposed to the Chagiga, the one that has to do with right, us eating meat. Um, Beit Hillel say, no, the opposite, you spend more on the Chagiga, and less on the the re'iyah, and we'll talk, discuss this in the Gemara why that is. Um, okay, the Gemara tells us um, we mentioned that slaves are not obligated to go up, um, but the Gemara tells us that someone who is half slave, half free, is obligated. Uh, and of course, the the Gemara describes how that's possible. How do you have someone who is half a slave? Uh, the Gemara describes it's a person who was owned by two people. One of them freed him and the other didn't. Uh, we'll see in a minute that that is a very complicated case um, because the person is, it, it, there's no such thing as half, so they become basically neither a slave nor free, and that becomes very complicated. We'll see what happens with him in a minute. Um, or uh, the Gemara says that maybe the Mishnah is also coming to include someone who got um, who basically couldn't go up on the first day, um, but got better and could go up on the second day. Uh, and we'll see later on in the Masechet, we're going to discuss, um, uh, I, I didn't mention it in the introduction, but the assumption is that these sacrifices are brought on the first day. Uh, but we know that, let's say, Pesach and uh, Sukkot are seven-day holidays or eight-day holidays. Um, so the question is, uh, so the Gemara is going to tell us that if you don't bring it on the first day, you can bring it any day of the holiday. Uh, and the question is, is it because um, every day there's an obligation till you fulfill it, or there's only an obligation on the first day, and if you didn't bring it, so then you can make it up. Um, the nafgamina, right, the, the practical application of these two uh, opinions is, if there's only an obligation on the first day, if you yourself were not obligated on that first day, then you don't need to make it up day two, three, or four. Uh, but if every day there is an obligation, then as soon as you get better on day two, uh, you need to bring this sacrifice. We'll see this later on in the Masechet, but here the Gemara talks about it a little bit in terms of are the rest of the days makeup days? or there's an obligation every day till you bring this sacrifice. Um, the Gemara here also discusses if you're blind in one eye, maybe you're obligated to bring the uh, this korban and you have to come to Jerusalem. Um, others say no, um, person needs to be uh, um, seeing in both eyes. Um, and it's a beautiful idea because we have this idea of re'iyah, we need to see. Right, we're going to the temple to, to see. The Gemara says we're also being seen. Right, God sees us coming to Jerusalem. And the, the Gemara says just like God sees us with two eyes, even though, again, anthropomorphically, not really, but right, God sees us completely. We need, to be, we need to see completely. And therefore, we need to see with both eyes. Uh, and therefore, if somebody is um, 
blind in one eye, they are uh, not obligated to go uh, to Jerusalem. Um, the Gemara now discusses um, the Cheresh, right? What is this deaf mute? Uh, again, as I mentioned, um, it's someone who doesn't have da'at, again, meaning intellect, someone who, uh, and here the Gemara explains that um, you, it, the cheresh is someone who can't hear and can't speak. Um, because if you can do one of those things, then you recognize that that person does understand, right? If they can hear, but they can't necessarily verbalize what they're hearing, um, you know that they're, they're hearing, they're, they're um, acquiring information, or vice versa, right? If they're, they're deaf, but they can speak, they can communicate. Um, so the, the Gemara seems to say that if it's only one or the other, uh, they are obligated because they do have intellect, they do understand. Um, again, we have to remember we're talking about a time there's, I would imagine there's no sign language, right? There's no uh, hearing aid or cochlear implants, right? There, there, there isn't a, a system that is, is helping these people to communicate. Um, so it's interesting that um, the Gemara seems to be sensitive that if you are only right, deaf but can speak, or you're mute, but you can hear, it seems that the Gemara does understand that you can, uh, you do have intellect and you can understand things. Um, okay, uh, it seems that, uh, um, the, okay, the Gemara tells us on Daf 3 that um, this, the mitzvah of going um, to the temple three times a year is learned from the mitzvah of hakel. Um, so I'll just explain. Hakel is is means the ingathering, like kihila means a community. So hakel is the mitzvah um, every seven years, basically on on Sukkot after a shemitah year, which means this coming Sukkot, um, in the time when there was a king in Israel. Um, there is a, a commandment that everyone, and here it is everyone, meaning men, women, children, must come to Jerusalem and hear the king read from the Torah. Uh, and it was, a, it was a time of ingathering, it was a time of unity, it was a time of learning Torah. Um, so since we have this idea of people going to Jerusalem, um, so the, we have this idea of, of seeing in both areas, and therefore the Gemara learns um, details from one to the other. Uh, and therefore the Gemara tells us that just like in Hakel, you needed to be able to hear the Torah that was being read, so too when you go to Aliyah Laregel, what we're talking about, uh, three times a year, you need to be able to hear, right? And therefore, even though there's no Torah reading at this time, um, the Gemara parallels the two experiences. Um, and again, uh, the Gemara interestingly says and looks at the verse and says, uh, right, it says you have to hear with your ears. Uh, therefore, if you're deaf in one ear, you are not obligated, right? You have to come with your legs. Right. Therefore, if you only have one leg or only one leg is functioning, uh, then you are not obligated. Again, this idea of um, of 
um, who is obligated and who is um, who is not obligated. Um, the Gemara, since we're talking about um, going up and footsteps, has a, a beautiful verse about lovely are the footsteps of the Jewish people when they ascend to Jerusalem, when they do Aliyah Laregel. Just it's important to understand, we keep saying the word Aliyah. It's interesting to, to note that nowadays when one moves to Israel, it's called making Aliyah, right? This idea that we are going up, um, whether it's right spiritually uh, in sanctity. Uh, here as well, when you go to Jerusalem to see the temple, it was called Aliyah, right? You're going up again. Generally, physically, because Jerusalem is on a, on a mountain, uh, but really spiritually, the idea is it's an elevated experience. Um, so that's why it's called Aliyah La Regel, right? La Regel, again, here means for the, the festival, for the Regalim. Um, so uh, the Gemara tells us that um, what does that mean, lovely are our footsteps? Right, it says that we're following in the footsteps of Abraham. Again, right, Abraham is the one who first recognized God, right, who first ascended this mountain, right, when he went to sacrifice or was willing to sacrifice Yitzchak. Uh, that happened on uh, the Temple Mount, on on uh, Har Hamoriah, on on um, the the site of the Temple. So we're following in Abraham's footsteps. Um, Okay, um, the, the Gemara continues and talks about that um, uh, a beautiful idea, since we're talking about the ingathering of the nation, um, the Gemara tells us that God says to us that when we unite or praise God, um, then he does the same thing for us. When does this happen? Right, when we say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, right? The verse that says, right, here, O Israel, uh, right, Hashem, God is our God and he is one, right? So when we say that verse, we are unifying God, right? Uh, obviously, God is already one, but we are uh, affirming it. Um, so the Gemara tells us that at the same time, God says to us, Right. Meaning, who is like the Jewish people who are one nation, uh, right? So this idea that we say that God is one and God says that we are one. So it's a beautiful, I think, parallel. Um, I think also just as a side point, uh, it's interesting, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, prayer, tefillah, uh, is difficult because we are, it seems to be a one-way conversation, right? We say things to God, but, you know, I don't hear God responding. I think this, this Gemara is a beautiful response to that, right? It's saying, even though you don't hear it, God is responding to our prayers, right? When we say certain prayers to God, God is also saying almost prayers to us or praise to us. So I thought it was a beautiful, uh, a beautiful idea in terms of prayer and uh, kind of being open to hearing the response. Um, okay, um, the, 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 from here, the Gemara talks about um, the Torah uh, and how um, the, the Torah should be uh, something that leads us on the right path. 
um, that it causes us to be fruitful and multiply, uh, that it needs to be learned um, collectively. Uh, again, the, the Gemara brings different symbols to remind us uh, of these things um, and how we need to acquire Torah. Um, and uh, even though there might be uh, debate and different opinions, right, we have to recognize that it all comes from God, right? This is all from one verse uh, that's learned uh, out in the Gemara. Um, and this beautiful, uh, another beautiful idea, the Gemara says, right, we have to make our ears like funnels, right? What does that mean? It's like wide on top and narrow at the bottom. So we have to take in as much information as possible. Um, and then uh, and then we have to have a discerning heart to know what's good for us, right? So kind of like uh, being open to learning Torah is, is a beautiful idea. Um, there's a very uh, tragic story about a, a, a sage that told over uh, some words of Torah without saying, uh, without saying it uh, in the right way. And the sage that heard this got so upset that he actually... Uh, caused the person to become blind. It was a very tragic story. Um, and it seems that, uh, again, here it seems that it, it is very tragic. And um, it seems that the law, uh, they were discussing about uh, a law that was actually passed down from Moshe, meaning a tradition that was passed down for many years. And they kind of didn't understand that it was a tradition uh, and actually uh, took a vote to see what w really is the law. Um, but Rabbi Eliezer got upset that they didn't realize that this was actually a tradition that he had all the way back. Uh, and then he, um, when he calmed down, he prayed for Rabbi Yossi's eyesight to come back, and it does come back. Uh, so they do live happily ever after, but uh, it's kind of tragic in the middle. Um, okay, the next topic is what is a shoteh? How do we define someone who is uh, insane? What does that mean? Um, so the Gemara gives us a kind of a, 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 like a formula, right? If this person goes out alone at night, um, if the person sleeps in a cemetery, if, if the person tears their clothing, uh, he, those are all seemingly signs of insanity. Uh, on DAF 4, the question is, is this... Um, if a person does one of these things, or if the person does all three of these things. Um, the, the Gemara says, right, again, uh, there's, one could explain any one of these things, uh, but if someone does it all together, that must be a sign of insanity. Uh, and therefore, again, that person uh, is not obligated to go to Jerusalem. Um, we were talking about someone of undetermined gender uh, is exempt. Um, so to women, again, women are, we said, as I said, mentioned, the verse says all males need to go up. Uh, and therefore, even though, as I mentioned, women are obligated in hakel, that was once every seven years, uh, they are not obligated to go three times a year um, to the temple. Again, I think we, I, I think it, it's understandable, again, uh, you know, think about how many of us can take a week vacation three times a year. I think it's uh, very challenging. Uh, so uh, just to understand um, that they're, they're, the women are not, um, are not obligated. Um, again, as I mentioned, right, slaves are exempt. 
because they have to serve their master. We said if you're half slave, half free, you're also exempt. Um, Again, as we said, if you're sick or you're old, all of these people, it's very difficult to get to Jerusalem. Um, if you can't wear, sh um, ah, it's important to understand that when you go to the Temple Mount, um, you cannot wear shoes. Uh, it's a sign of disrespect, uh, and therefore um, you you have to be able to walk barefoot. So the Gemara says that if your feet are overly sensitive and you cannot walk barefoot, you also are exempt and you do not need um, to go up. Um, again, what if you are um, blind, as I mentioned, blind in one eye? Uh, as I said before, you're exempt because you have to see and be seen, right? God wants, and I think it's, again, a beautiful idea. God wants to see us. Um, and therefore, right, we have to bring uh, the sacrifices we're sharing, right? We are bringing uh, sacrifices to God and we're going to uh, basically eat together, right? Have a meal together um, on this festival. Um, the Gemara now gets into quite a lengthy discussion about um, different sages who, when they read certain verses in the, in the Tanakh, uh, they would start to cry. And um, it, it seems that a lot of these verses talked about God being distant, uh, God judging the Jewish people, uh, and it, it really struck them, and they became very, um, very emotional. Um, the the Gemara on Da 4 talks about um, when Shaul, King Saul, um, wants an answer about what's going to happen in the future, uh, and he goes to a witch, uh, and they bring back Shmuel, right, Samuel, from the dead, right, and it says that um, Samuel uh, gets upset, right, why is he upset, and, and the Gemara tells us he thinks he's being brought to judgment, um, and he actually brings Moshe with him, that's not in the in the text, but here, I guess, in the Midrash, it says that he brings Moshe with him because he thinks he's being judged and he thinks, oh, Moshe will be a good, uh, uh, he'll be a good um, um, witness for me and he'll stand up for me. Uh, and since we're talking about death and coming back from death, we now get into interesting conversations about um, the angel of death, the Malach HaMavet, right? We have this concept in Judaism that there is a Malach HaMavet, uh, an angel of death that comes and collects uh, souls, uh, presumably in the right time. Um, but interestingly, our Gemara Andaf 4 actually tells us a crazy story about um, the Malach HaMavet who sends, he sends a messenger and he says, I need you to go kill or bring me Miriam, um, Miriam who uh, um, like raises the children or who takes care of children. Um, but uh, basically, um, or the, the sorry, he he wants Miriam who braids hair, but this messenger messes it up and brings Miriam who takes care of children. Um, and and the Malach Mavit says, uh, "What do you do? You brought the wrong one." Uh, and then the Malach, you know, the the messenger is like, "I don't know. You told me Miriam, and I got confused." And then he says, "Like, do you want me to send her back?" And he says, "No." Uh, so interestingly, the Gemara here seems to be trying to explain that sometimes um, people die and uh, it doesn't make sense to us or it seems unintentional, uh, which is an interesting kind of concept. Um, I think this idea of 
um, you know, you look around and it seems that, um, you know, people who don't, I don't think anybody deserves death, right? But uh, uh, seemingly uh, unexplained, right? There are people are dying before their times. Uh, it seems like the Gemara is trying to explain this uh, in, in an interesting manner. Um, Daf 5, um, we'll, we'll see, continues on the same genre. Um, we have verses about um, people who die, again, without justice. Uh, they die before their time. Um, and again, it seems that like they're, what happens if they die before their time? The Gemara tells us they kind of hang around with the angel of death till it's their time, uh, and then they go up to heaven. Um, and it seems that, uh, you know, if it's, let's say, a mistake, uh, then those those number of years that were taken away from them are actually given to uh, Torah scholars. Uh, again, I, I do not even um, uh, purport to know what this means. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't understand it. Again, I think it is um, sages trying to understand things that many of us struggle with. You know, for the past. Uh, I would say many thousands of years, and um, I, I think they're trying to make sense. Um, someone who I learned with uh, this week, uh, you'll see as we read the, this daf, um, we were talking about seeing and being seen, right? Uh, the riyah, uh, going to Jerusalem. And now I, I think we're starting to talk about things that we don't see, right? Things that are hidden, things we don't understand. Um, so the rest of this daf is, is a little bit like that. Um, the Gemara has a story about um, a person who is picking figs that weren't ripe. And someone says to him, why are you picking those, like pick the good ones? Why are you picking the unripe ones? And he says, well, I'm going on a journey and if I pick the ripe ones now, then I, uh, they're gonna get spoiled. Um, on my journey. So I'd rather pick the unripe ones and that will help me on my journey. Uh, and here again, the Gemara seems to be saying, right, that sometimes the righteous are picked uh, when they're unripe, right, that God picks them early. Uh, again, I, I think these are difficult concepts uh, that we, you know, need to think about. Um, more verses about sages who are crying when they read them. A lot of the, the, the verses are talking about, again, judgment uh, and God sitting in judgment. Um, uh, the, the Gemara tells us on Da 5 that if you do something bad and you regret it right away, then God forgives you. Um, and he, the Gemara talks about if you don't give, uh, that you, you shouldn't give charity in public. Right, again, we talk about when one gives charity, one should do it privately uh, so as to not embarrass the person. Uh, and the, the Gemara says it's better to not give than to embarrass the person that you're giving it to. Um, the, the Gemara talks now about the concept of uh, what's called in Hebrew, hester panim, uh, which means basically when God, God hides his face. Right, again, this idea of, remember we talked about God seeing us in Jerusalem. Now we're talking about God not seeing us, right? The, the, the Torah tells us that when God uh, doesn't look at us, bad things happen. Um, so, right, God hides his face from the Jews. It seems as a punishment. Um, but the Gemara tells us that don't despair because 
really God is still there. Uh, either it's uh, because God is there maybe at, like during the day he doesn't see us, but at night he does, or this concept of uh, God might not be looking at us, but he has his hand stretched over us, right? The shadow of his hand is still there. Um, so the Gemara now has uh, an interesting uh, interaction. Um, it actually reminds me of a joke. Um, I'm not going to tell it because I'm going to mess it up, but there's a joke about uh, like a Christian, a, a Christian and a Jew, and they signal to each other, like one goes like, like one puts up three fingers and the other puts up one, and I, I don't remember the rest of it. Um, but th there's this joke about signals, and basically um, the priest is saying, like they're basically having a whole conversation, but the joke is that each one is saying something, like they, they think they're having a completely different conversation. I don't know if anybody knows the joke, you can say it, but um, here uh, it's actually in the Gemara um, where there's an interaction between Rabbi Yoshua and a heretic, and the heretic basically goes like this, right? He covers his face. Uh, Rabbi Yoshua understands that he's trying to say, right, God is not looking at you and punishing you. And then uh, Rabbi Yoshua puts his hand out to say, right, God might not be looking at us, but his hand is always, you know, kind of uh, watching over us. Um, and then the Caesars, who's watching this whole interaction, says to the rabbi, what's going on? And, and he explained, right, he told me that they're not, you know, they're not, that God isn't watching, and I told him that God is watching over us. Uh, and then he goes to the heretic, and the heretic says, you know, I told him God isn't watching, but I didn't understand what he said when he put his hand out. And the Caesar says, if you don't understand the conversation, then you don't deserve to be in my palace, and he basically kills him. Uh, so it's not a very funny interaction, but uh, interesting that uh, if you're motioning to someone, make sure they understand exactly what you're saying. Um, Again, hidden, understanding, not understanding uh, seems to be the theme on this DAF. Um, another interesting uh, discussion of a student who hid under his rabbi's bed. Uh, he wanted to learn how to have relations with his wife, uh, and therefore he thought, what best bet? What good, better way could there be than uh, basically uh, listening in on his teacher? Again, he wasn't trying to be inappropriate. He was really trying to learn. Uh, we actually did have this uh, story, uh, I think, in Masachet Brachot. Um, but here, um, the teacher finds him and, uh, and kicks him out um, and says, you know, that's not the way to teach, right? You can, uh, you can ask me later. Uh, but here they were talking about, um, can you speak? while having relations right and it seems that it's better not to but if you if you uh if you want to appease your wife then you can speak and it seems to be an interesting conversation um okay from here we get into uh god crying about the destruction of the temple uh the the gemara tells us that um god cries three times right for the first temple for the second temple and for when the jews were set into exile um Again, this idea of um, God being sad about the destruction of the temple. Uh, interestingly, the Gemara continues and says that God also cries for three people. He cries for people who can, who, um, can learn Torah, but they don't. Uh, for people who cannot learn Torah, but they do anyway. Uh, and he cries for people 
who um who are leader in leadership position and they lord over their um their community right people who are not good leaders um there there's a story about sages who go and visit uh another sage in another city uh it turns out that the sage in the other city is blind um and when he they go and visit him uh the the blind sage gives them a very beautiful blessing right so he says you honored one who is seen but who cannot see right you can see him but he cannot see you um may you greet the one who sees but cannot be seen right so again this idea as i mentioned before this theme of seeing and not seeing right uh, the blind person cannot see but they could see him and they honored him uh, may they right so the blessing was may god who sees everything but we cannot see him right may god bless you uh, so i thought it was a, just a beautiful um, blessing and again this idea of um of a uh, um of a um of a sorry uh, of a uh, a beautiful blessing for one another um the gemara talks okay and here um uh, it's interesting the the gemara seems to be giving musr how do you say musr uh, uh, a value lesson right uh, tell it uh, uh, teaching us a lesson right so the gemara Ethics. Ethics, thank you. Um, so the, the Gemara says that if you learn one day a year, um, if that's all you can do, so then uh, it's as if you learned the every day of the year, uh, right? So if this is your only Dafyomi Shir for the year, so, uh, you know, Dayenu, uh, right? Says the, the Gemara says, you do what you can. And they tell a story, the Gemara tells the story of someone who, um, who um, it lived very far from the uh, from the study hall, and it would take him uh, it would take him um, it would take him three months to get there. He'd stay there for one day, and then he'd go back three months to get home. And they used to make fun of him. Uh, you're you know you come one one day, you think that that's enough. Uh, and and the, the the rabbi said, "What are you talking about? Look how much effort he puts in to uh, studying Torah. It's as if he studied. Uh, it's as if he studied uh, the entire year." Uh, and the 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 sage then in giving thank you. Zohar says reproof, right? Giving uh, giving it back a little bit to the students. Uh, he says to them, "So too with sinning. That if you sin for one day." It could be seen as if you've sinned for a year. And how do we see that? With the uh, spies, the miraglim, right? The spies, um, they walked or they, they spied the land for 40 days uh, and they were punished for 40 years. How could that be 40 years? They didn't spy for 40 years. One day was like a year. So I think he was telling them, you know, if you guys make fun of this guy one day, uh, you don't just say I, we made fun of him for one day. That's still, you know, terrible. It's as if you made fun of him the whole year. Uh, so kind of take it back. Um, okay, Daf six. Um, talk about the minor, right? Are we bringing a child or not? Uh, and the Gemara says 
what, uh, again, for Hakel, there's an obligation, again, for that gathering once every seven years, there's an obligation to bring uh, the children. And the question is, why? Why is there an obligation, right? So it says that um, right, the parents have an obligation to bring him um, because he's learning, right? He's going to just be in the experience. He's going to have that experience. Um, the Gemara says that for Re'iyah, for our topic of going three times a year, um, that the, the mother does have an obligation to uh, come for Simcha. Again, we, it says, V'samachta bechagecha. We need to be happy in our holidays. Uh, and therefore, right, part of that is either eating meat or drinking wine. Uh, the, the, the Halakha also says for women it could be getting new clothes. Uh, that's where the idea comes of getting something new for the holiday. Uh, the idea is that we're supposed to be happy uh, on the holiday. Um, and therefore, um, and here the Gemara talks about Chana, right? Chana doesn't go to the Mishkan, to the tabernacle, when Shmuel was very young, right? And he, she said, it says here that um, maybe it was because he was young. And the Gemara says, no, no, no. Uh, Shmuel was uh, weak when he was a child. And that's why she didn't bring him three times a year. Again, just to remember the story of Chana um, when she prays uh, in, the, in the Mishkan for a child, right? The, the idea is that that's this, Aliyah la Regel. They go every year when it's the festival, they would go to the temple. So it's important to understand the connection. Um, the Gemara says, what if a child is temporarily lame or blind and will be healed by their bar mitzvah? Um, is the child now obligated to go now so that they learn or get accustomed to going, uh, right? Is it like educational and therefore they are obligated? Um, so the Gemara says that um, if at this moment, uh, they, right, if they were an adult in the same situation, they would not be obligated. Um, the same would be true for that child. So if the child is lame, even temporarily, that child does not have to go to Jerusalem. Um, now we get into a discussion of which sacrifice is more expensive, as we mentioned in the beginning. Um, Beit Shammai says it's the Re'iyah. That should be more expensive. Why? Because that's going all to God. So I should bring the better sacrifice for God, right? That's where I should spend all my money. Um, Beit Hillel say, no, the Chagiga should be more expensive because... Um, that's something that, um, first of all, is shared, right? Meaning God is going to get some and people and we're going to get some. So it should be more expensive. So there's enough to go around. Um, or, um, or I should say, and um, Beit Hillel say that this, this um, sacrifice, the Chagiga, was brought at Matan Torah when we got the Torah. Uh, at Har Sinai, uh, and therefore it shows that this sacrifice is very important, and you should spend more more money on it. Um, Beit Shammai say, wait a minute, the Ola, the Riyah, was also brought at Matan Torah, so you can't compare it. Um, and here, uh, because we're talking about what happened at uh, Sinai, right? What happened when the the Jews got the Torah? Um, did they bring, what sacrifices did they bring? Um, and here there's a, a general conversation about um, what was taught at Mount Sinai, right? At Har Sinai, um, did they just learn the general commandments 
uh, and then later on, the specifics were taught um, later on by Moshe, right, in the, in the Mishkan, in the tabernacle, or no, they got the generals, um, excuse me, and they got the specific details at Har Sinai, and of course, it was repeated later on in the desert. Um, from here, the Gemara discusses there's an opinion that the Jews didn't bring the Korban Tamid in the desert, right? Again, um, we'll see, actually, now we're learning in Parshat Shavua, right, uh, this week, uh, last week, we or two weeks ago, we talked about the building of the Mishkan uh, and the priestly garments was last week. This coming week, we're going to uh, discuss the, um, the Egel HaZahav, right, the golden calf. Um, but we're going to see afterwards, we're going to learn in Sefer Vaikra about all the sacrifices. And the question was, did they bring those sacrifices in the desert with the Mishkan or only once they entered Israel and they had a more permanent place? Um, so that is the discussion here on Daf 6. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning in the introduction, the Gemara tells us there are three offerings um, during the festival, again, the Ri'iyah, that's the Ola, uh, the, the one that, that's completely for God, the Chagiga, and the Simcha. Right, again, Chagiga means uh, festive, Simcha means, you know, happiness, joy. Um, and each one, the Gemara tells us, each one of these sacrifices is unique. Right, again, the Ri'iyah is an Ola, meaning it's all for God. That's what's unique about that. The Chagiga was brought before Matan Torah, meaning it was before, before we got the Torah at Mount Sinai. We brought this korban, this sacrifice. And the simcha, um, men and women eat from it uh, as opposed to the other one. So it's interesting how each one of these sacrifices is unique. Um, the Gemara suggests that maybe the, the daily sacrifice in the desert was done, but it was done differently than the way they did it when they entered Israel. Um, that uh, it wasn't skinned and it wasn't cut. Uh, this was a concept that was only revealed later on historically. Um, but the Gemara says, uh, and then here the, 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 this daf finishes discussing what animals were brought um, at Har Sinai, right? At the, the giving of the Torah, uh, was it bulls uh, or also sheep? Uh, and here it's a discussion of the verses uh, when discussing the offerings that were brought when the Jews received the Torah. Um, so with that, uh, we finish Daf 6, um, and Bezrat Hashem, we will uh, continue next week. And uh, I want to wish everyone, a, as we said, a Purim, a Purim Katan Sameach, and uh, a great week, and uh, looking forward to uh, learning with you next week as well. Have a great week, everyone. No, no, no. Please, please. Thank you very much. Third, what was the third category of the insane? <laughs>